Here on Anderson Street, it's all about provocative conversation at the dinner table. And you know this. This episode is on drugs, whether they be the legalization of weed, which is oh so trendy right now, pharmaceuticals, and the opioid crisis as it relates to the crack epidemic of yesterday. We have Melissa, Sean, Jason, Flex, and Charlie with us. And with that, welcome back to the table. Um, so I was thinking about our drug stories because um, all of you must have them. Also, shout out Flex for this idea. Um, and I was thinking about mine because they're a myriad. And I'm thinking to several years ago when uh, post-arrest, post being an adult, so it was on my record, um, I had to do LOL community service in Washington Square Park and I wore all camo because I really thought that someone would recognize me. Like why would they? I went to school because I like no one's gonna walk by, right? I had a hat, low hat and like I was really doing the most. And I had to rake the uh, pavement in the middle of fall. It was just so stupid. I okay. But anyway, so I did that of course three people that went to our high school walked past me and said, Oh my god, Vicky? Oh my god, what? Are you doing community service? And I was like oh, how is this happening? Um, and then we weren't really, it was such an interesting experience. Has anybody done community service like for this sort of reason? No. no. Okay, so um, what an interesting world and no one actually watches over what you're doing. And you know Washington Square Parks is like large and like you can kind of get lost and it's weird. Um, and there was maybe like 10 to 12 of us all doing weird raking. And, uh, they told us that we could inevitably leave early, but we had to stay until at least noon. So I ended up seeing like the stereotypical group of people that kind of look ragtag and they always have like a mangy dog and like maybe there's needles around and I was like, what's good? So I was like, I- I'm gonna go over there and, and talk to these jobs and see like what's good. So <laughs> I did a light saunter over and I was like, you know, uh, yeah, how'd you get here? And uh, the one girl, she said, oh, well, we rode the rails here. And she was, she explained that she had dated a guy in California. He presented her with some pills after she had surgery. She got addicted to Oxy, recognized her addiction, went to a clinic, was put on methadone met a new guy who was like, okay, we need to go around to different states. And they went on the like nighttime trains and there are certain cars where there are addicts and, and other sorts of um, drug abusers, I guess. And they are all strapped and have like mad weaponry, like knives and th- things. Like you're not going in their car. Mm-hmm. And I was like this, I'm like wrapped. I'm sitting down, there are needles about, but I'm sitting and I'm like, this is crazy. But also, whoa, this story is fascinating. And the dog is there just chilling. Whoops. And um, she's like, so inevitably we're here in New York. I'm always gonna be addicted, I think. I don't know any other sort of life. And unfortunately people look at me and no one even speaks to me. So she thanked me for talking to her and then offered me like a piece of their pizza. And I was like thinking, this is so unfortunate. I never would have thought this like stereotypical scene, you know, before, because I don't know anybody that has any sort of prescription life. Mm -hmm. I don't know people that have abused opioids. I don't, I 
really rarely take them myself. If I've had surgery, I just really take as much antibiotics as I have to and that's it. Um, so that's probably the closest or the thing I think of when I think of what's going on now. Um, and in addition to that, you know, due to, I hate to say it, but under Eric Holder in our previous presidency, because they changed the drug laws to be drugs minus two, so severity down two points, um, I was able to walk away with a misdemeanor, mm -hmm. which for what was happening, it could not have been that, and it would have been hella bad if it was like the preceding presidency or now, right? Mm -hmm. So. And I'm brown. So like all those things are to be put into to factor. So that is my story, which I thought we'd toss out. Um, Jason, would you like to express a story? Uh, responding to that or my own no, story? No, your own story. <laughs> well, I'll tell a story. Um, when I was in uh, high school and I had just moved to uh, Houston from a smaller town in Texas, mm -hmm. I heard that people my age we're going to these things called raves and oh. they were in like 2000 okay. i was 16 mm -hmm. and i was a very lonely gay kid very awkward closeted okay. and um i somehow convinced my parents that this was like an okay thing for them to <laughs> let me do i don't know <laughs> and I, I went to one and i took ecstasy which um you know the whole idea of ecstasy is it just releases the drug that makes you feel content and connected to other people and that I think was actually the first time that I actually ever felt like I belonged maybe ever mm -hmm. I felt like everybody was there they're all we're all on the same drug they're all dancing with you it's this crazy environment I mm -hmm. mean with the music blasting right. and I just fell in love and actually the first time I ever told anybody that I was gay was when I was on ecstasy at a rave, I told this girl, I was like, I'm gay. And immediately I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the music was like, boom, boom. And she's like, nobody can hear you. And it's okay. Um, and so, wow. um, I mean, for me, that was huge. huge. And, but, and I still love techno music. I still go out dancing. And every once in a while, no, you know, but in this adult way, I guess, I'll still do it. Um, but, um, but, um, you know, drugs can be a window, I guess, but they maybe are more of like glasses that you put on. And I'm not sure if that belonging and that connection that I felt with the world could only be sustained through drugs. And that now that I'm older and I've had some experiences of, let's say, love and loss and having to, you know, just be in my 30s and kind of renegotiate some of my ideals, that um, just the idea that these drugs are just a window into a new universe of knowing, which even weed is like that, right? It makes the sunset so great or something. Um, <laughs> that, that actually needs to be examined, that, um, that um, if you wanna move forward in your life, you may have to look for a kind of contentment that you really can't find from a thing that you take in. So, um, you know, I have very mixed feelings about, about drugs because I've been there, I've seen them be fun and great, but I've also seen myself compensating for a lack um, that I needed to look at that. If, and um, that's kind of where I am right now. Like I need to look um, at kind of just where I, um, how I can be content with, um, beyond reaching out, you know? 
beyond reaching out for something, something from yourself, something that's going to take the edge off or something that's going to transform me, that the transformation has to be at a certain point, much deeper than a drug can offer. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like the drug gave you access to that though? Like it, it opened the door to be like, oh wow, like I can feel that now, I can see that now, or I can... For sure, absolutely. However, it's hard to, or no, it's easy to to just attach the, the feeling to that. And when mm. things aren't working out, to try to go back to that. Mm. And that's where I think maybe the problem is, even with something as as low level as alcohol but also as marijuana that's just like um you know it's a social thing but a lot of people smoke by themselves i've smoked by myself yeah. and that i sometimes wonder if it's a way of reaching out for a connection when it's not there you know and then there's maybe a little sadness in that you know if you become a habitual yeah. user for sure I'm wondering though, like how, because as you were saying that, it made me think in like my history with drugs, like recreational drugs, like as close to non-existent as you know, like I'm just not, I never was into it. Um, Who smoked? I did, yeah, but I guess like maybe my basis of saying like I was never into it is maybe because of the people around me that were into like so oh, much more okay. and like so heavier stuff. So yeah, like I'd smoke here and there, but I was never really like the one to initiate or to like inquire about it. I was just kind of like, if you had it, fine, you know, and that was it. But what you were saying, Jason, as far as like being something that almost like it feels like you have like these glasses on and you're not like seeing things as they are. Um, I was on a very heavy duty anxiety medication for the last few years of college, like up till I was 25. And this may be like apples and oranges in a way, but what you said about almost like living in this like distorted reality, like that's how I felt about that medication. I had like a huge issue going on it, but I needed it. I had like everyone pushing it on me. And I remember the therapist that I was seeing at the time was like, look, this doesn't have to be your everyday life. Like you need this now. This is something that can get you over this hump during this time. You can start to think about things more clearly or in a different way and then we'll talk about weaning you off but this is not you know the rest of your life the therapist said that you talk about weaning, weaning off right like initially because sure. i was so bugged out about it but now like in hindsight like years later like i needed that so badly i would never have been i would have never gotten to the place that i am now without it but it made me think based off what you said that like it almost created this like reality that like I didn't even really feel like myself a lot of the time and I remember seeing things and feeling things and reacting different than I was like used to and so you know mm -hmm. even drugs like that that aren't like party drugs or recreational drugs like they create so this opioid. different mm -hmm. yeah like world and I was like learning to function in this new world and it was like super super weird did she have given you enough for a certain amount of time like no. my mother, like what was it like it was something that I like took every day and I had to like work up to like a certain dosage and then I was there for like years like four or five years and then after a while I felt like I was in this place where I was like I feel like I can come off this now and she was like yeah I feel like you can and then I had to taper off of it which was like a whole anxiety provoking experience right. in and of itself and then like it's I've been good ever since so so how how long have you not been on anxiety four years mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh. 
So uh, actually what you were saying about apples and oranges, it actually made me think that um, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe they're not so apples yeah. and oranges. It both, whether you do it for yourself or whether you do it um, as a kind of, you know, in a system that's already legal, um, that there may be a similar kind of uh, addressing of problems. There could be, I mean, with recreation, you can just have fun, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ideally or, you know, uh, possibly. But then maybe this is where legalization becomes such weird territory because there are a whole bunch of mood altering substances. Some of them are prescribed, some of them are forbidden, some of the, and of course there's the whole, um, uneven treatment of people in this system, in the criminal justice system, of course, by race and class lines, but you know, maybe not so different in the medical system as well, because we all know that different populations are not only have to pay differently for right. things, but they also are treated differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I just thought, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the apples and the oranges are just really yeah. one part big fruit bowl of like, pharmacological legislation that we're mm. all subject to and we have different, you know, relationships yeah. to. Yeah. Speaking of pharmacological... Well, have you seen, like, in the people that you've worked with, like, any kind of abuse from something that is... Oh, or no, I, I, yeah. yeah, both. Both. I've seen abuse all across the spectrum. Um, I think I was actually talking to my roommate about this. She's also a nurse, and we were discussing this. We've talked about a lot of different things related to drugs and our patients. Um, and there's kind of this like this well-known idea within the medical professions that, especially if you're working in hospitals, you see a lot of these sort of frequent flyers. These people that come back time after time, and yeah. they're either dealing with the same drug addiction or the same alcohol abuse or um, their illness, which is a direct result of their abuse and use of substances. Um, and I kind of brought up a really controversial thing to her, which she, she's like hard to, to shock. So it's like to see this look on her face when I saw this, I was like, gotcha. Um, but I was like, if people want to abuse drugs and like throw their lives away, why do we fight them on it? And like having the overdose like, why don't, drug. Why don't we let them? And, and the bigger question there, I think, is like how many of those people are are so sick that um, they're beyond salvation, or they don't want to be saved, and how many of those people are really grappling with an addiction they don't want? And I've seen both, hmm. and I mean, I've seen the people where I'm like, guys, why don't we let him? Like he, we we bring him in, we detox him because he was found on the side of the street. Someone brought him in against his will. Um, he's here again for like the 20th time, you know, we detox him and then he's pissed at all of us, he's throwing punches, he's spitting at the nurses, we put him back out on the street when he's better, and then he does the same thing again. And like he's told us that's the life he wants, so why are we trying to fix it? Right. And I get really riled up about it because I see it so often and then on top of just going against what somebody wants for themselves, whether they're mentally ill or not, that's kind of a separate part of the discussion. Um, but then there's also the fact that it's oftentimes in the homeless populations and it's taxpayer money that's dumping millions into saving these people. Yeah. I mean, an overnight stay in the ICU one night is several thousand dollars and that's not counting like the ambulance that brought you there right, the and all the food and all the medications and 
um, all of this money that's just being poured into people who don't, who say they don't. So somebody like that, like what do you think should happen or nothing? <clears throat> um, the professional and the the caregiver part of me right. does my duty. Like I go in there, I treat them like family. I take great pride in how I relate to patients, like no mm -hmm. matter their background, like that's one of my favorite parts of my job is I love just meeting people where they're at and working with them there. Um, from a medical standpoint, it's kind of like, you know, they'll they'll vent to me, like, why are they forcing all this shit on me that I don't want? Like, why are they forcing all these, you know, detox drugs down my throat? And why are they giving me this IV? Like, they rip things out. They're like, I don't want any of this. And that part of me is like, I get it. But like, we're here to do our job. And until you sign out AMA, like, this is what we have to do. And I, so, so it's like, it's a very torn issue for me. Like, I... Your professional and your personal right. thoughts. Like, I want to let them be like, yeah, you, yeah, go about your life, like, do your life. Because we also live in a society that's super victimizing. If, if we are of healthy mind, body, and spirit, so at our own discretion, we are now passing judgment on who else is a victim or who is perceived as a victim, right? And, like, maybe, maybe a homeless Joe is like... I'm not a victim. You don't know all the stories that led me to this point, and this yeah. is this is my choice. And that that's something that I'm really interested. I'm really interested that you brought that up because I think about that too. Like I don't know euthanasia. Like people make their choices, and but then I guess the other aspect of me is like, well, what about the people that you know thought that they were doing this one one drug for the first time ever, and it was like mixed with fentanyl, and they didn't know, and the drug dealer didn't tell them, and they thought that they trusted their friends, and they overdosed, and like those are the people that need the re drug reversal, um, whatever it's called. Totally. Narcan? That's yeah. the one. <laughs> That's it. I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't coming, it wasn't coming. Um, but I, I don't know. But what, I, I guess we still have two stories left, but I'm curious to bookmark um, yeah. like the moral ineptitude or morality of placing victimization mm -hmm. onto others when mm -hmm. we should, like, maybe we should just be focusing on bettering ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Mm. So you, you want a drugstore? <laughs> well, I know, I know in particular you're like you have mentioned this topic to me before, yeah. and and you have a I, I I feel like you have an interesting viewpoint, and you were talking about like hip hop culture or yeah. that um, or your own life or whatever the case may be. Well, like here's how I always say, it, like I'm definitely like a recovering pilot. You know what I mean? I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I ever. Well, and this is weed, but like I didn't smoke anything or do any type of drug probably until way after high school. Like I lived in California, I traveled the country, didn't touch anything. Uh, probably until I was about maybe 19 and then like we went from like smoking a blunt to being like yeah I'm smoking like six seven blunts a day kind of thing like oh. just do like with friends you know like music going out to places you know partying and all that and even when it's not a party it's just like are you gonna go hang out with somebody you, know, you right. got five so you, on it you know right, right. it's kind of thing and now I'm at a point where you know like if I smoke now it's like far and few in between and not to say that I don't at all because you know it's definitely still like a thing that I battle with um but I think the biggest thing for me, at least from what I talked to you about, mm. from at least where we come from and a lot of people that we knew, yeah. especially like young black males, weed is like a super prevalent thing. And like the common story I hear from all of them is like depression, yeah. and like relationships are really mm -hmm. shitty. Um, you know, their jobs are crappy. And, and I remember being at that same place. Um, and I remember because it'd be like, yo, work was mad hard. I go home like, yo, I need to roll up real quick. Or like, me and my girl get in an argument. I need to roll up real quick. Or like, yo, it's my day off. I need to relax. Like, I'm gonna roll up okay. kind of thing. And then they got to a point where like, 
I think same way some certain people feel with cigarettes when they're like, yo, I don't want to smoke anymore. Like you start feeling that kind of like that self conflicting, like, yo, what am I doing? Like, I kind of hate this. Yeah. I don't need this, but I'm still but I can't doing stop. it. Anyway. Yeah, you know, and like you kind of start to have that same talk with yourself. Um, and then I like finally took the step to be like, you know what? Let me see a therapist, you know? And oh. of course, like you, you cover like a whole bunch of other things, be it like family, just sure. upbringing yeah. and all that, you know? Um, but I think the biggest overtone for me, at least it would change or it got to the point where like, you know, he asked me, what are the things that you want to tackle? And the first thing I said was like smoking, you know, I, I don't know why, but I feel like smoking is something I need to tackle. One, because I'm paying a crap ton of money for it, you know, like I'm just wasting money all the time. Right. Um, and then two, just for the amount that I'm doing, like I'm having too many sessions where I'm just sitting there being like, yo, what am I doing right now? Like I'm smacked, like I'm high, my girl's like, yo, you stink, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and true. yeah, you know, like after a while, it's like, all right, Am I, am I ignoring what everybody's saying? Like, this stuff has to be true, you know? If I'm, I'm hearing it for so long, it can't just be like, oh, you know, you just don't get it, you don't live like, like something's going on, you know? Um, and then it finally got to a point where, like, you know, I started slowly but surely, you know, distancing myself from certain people that I knew, like, yeah, I would only hang out with these people because I'm smoking, right. you know? Or, you know, I'm feeling this kind of way, let me not try to do it. Let me go to the gym right. instead of doing it. You know, like, finding proactive ways to, like, get myself away from the idea of smoking. Um, and I can honestly say, like, since that time, and even where I'm at now, like, depression isn't really a thing. When was that? I'd probably say this had to be maybe, like, June, July. Oh, more recent. Yeah, like, super recent, oh. you know? Um, and even with that, like, addiction is still something that, like, and I call it addiction just because, like, there's times when I'll go and smoke, and be like, you know, it's been a while, I can smoke, and then I smoke, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know, like, why am I doing this? You know, like, what brought me back to this? And I think it's the battle with the addiction that it's not really talked about, especially in like those cultures or, or you know, inner city or, yeah, you know, within people of color, definitely. Where it's like, you know, you have a lot of people who are dealing with depression and like the first thing that they turn to because they're not seeking a therapist, they don't go to talk to anybody, you know? And if they are talking to somebody, it's like while they're smoking, you know what right. I mean? Like you, you're doing the same thing with other people who are going through the same thing. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I talked to you about was like, you know, things becoming legal and things becoming decriminalized, what are we doing to ensure like for the people who are already going through those feelings or those emotions that once we do decriminalize things and things are, you know, completely legal that we're providing treatment. Yeah, like there there is there a treatment, you know, like Pete Davidson had this great stand up that I found hilarious at the time. But like he checked himself <laughs> at the time, right, like right, right. I look at it like it's very true. He checked himself into a rehab because like he's an infamous pothead. Like anytime yeah. you see him now, like he's smoking nonstop. You know, and he goes to rehab and like everybody's talking about what they're going through and whatnot. And he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm here for weed and like the nurses and everybody just looked at him like, What? Okay. Right. You know, and like there's no real thing of like, all right, this is how you recover from this, this is how you detox from this. Like it's it's we've humanized it, I guess, so much and like made it look like a thing where it's like it's so normal that we don't talk about the actual like addiction and I think the psychological effects it has, especially on people who are already dealing with depression if they've never gone out of their way to deal with that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I'm at now where I'm getting to a point where like, you know, I feel a lot better about my situation and I'm not doing it as much as I used to, if at all. Um, but then I like, I'm still in contact with people that, you know, I grew up with that are lifelong friends that, you know, I never want to throw them to the wayside. But but like, you know, they're like, oh, my relationship sucks. Or like, yo, this is pissing me off. My job situation sucks. And like- They're draining all your energy. Yeah, like they're draining all my energy. And it's like, every time I see you and I talk to you about this, like you're, you're blown out of your mind, you know, like you're smacked, you know what I mean? And because I remember what it was like to be in that situation, 
it's hard for me to be like, yo, it's because you're smoking. You know, like there's definitely a lot of things that go into it outside of that. But I feel like that's the biggest thing that's not talked about whatsoever. It's just like addiction, like regardless if it's weed, regardless if it's coke, regardless of like whatever the drug is, it's, it's the idea. Yeah, it's just the overuse and you can drink too much water and die, you know what I mean? Like it's just- well, I, have, you I have a question then though, yeah. because like there are some people in some states, you know, mm -hmm. that are prescribed or given a card and can buy mm -hmm. weed because they're depressed and they have maybe similar issues. So yeah. it's almost like, do you feel like maybe it's just like a certain point or, or did you feel that for yourself? Like, okay, wow, this is now in excess and like now I have a problem versus being something that like helps take the edge off or- Well, I think for me, you. like the biggest difference, at least from, from that is, like, was no, ain't nobody over here getting cards, you know, like nobody's getting to prescribe. Mm -hmm. We like, you can tell your doctor like, oh yeah, so like, oh yeah, you know, that, that might work, but it's like, like now I know the difference if I'm going to the gym and like my back is hurting, I'm like in a lot of pain because I just didn't stretch. Then like, yeah, like a joint might help relieve, relieve that tension or like, you know, that muscle pain. But like, if I'm just sitting there and being like, yo, I'm bored or yeah. like, you yeah. know, I don't got nothing to do or like, I'm this is pissing me off when I smoke. You know, it's kind is of that like how you felt like it was too much or becoming a problem for you? Yeah, because it got to a point where it was like literally anything, like anything yeah. that made me feel some kind of way other than just being content was yeah. like, yeah. Because then you're not working it. through it. You're just like going to something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's just like you yeah. said, you know, like at what point do you realize that you're 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 abusing it in order mm -hmm. for you not to face the reality? You know, like even like right. you talk about like with the whole nomad thing, it's like it's not sustainable. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. going to fix. Which I learned is like. I've been doing this for 10 years yeah. and it has not fixed how I felt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it helped me get by, but at what point do I really step up to the plate and be like, all right, I'm still mad. Like I'm still upset. Yeah. I'm still doing the same. I'm still reverting back to the same thing. I'm still spending the same amount of money. Like my girl still thinks I stink when I smoke. You know what I mean? Like, what am I actually doing? Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's like my sense. And like also too, like as I've gotten older, like and just seeing my family's dynamic and like I've learned recently like my grandfather is just like just through prescription medicine and you know he was he's a war vet and all that like he's addicted to painkillers mm. and stuff and like you got to the point now where like you know try these CBD pills or you know like try this you know vape pen just because it's I'd rather you do this than that mm -hmm. but then it's also a thing of like yo are we really like how is he mentally like how is his is he depressed is he going through you know what I, mean? I think because of the stuff that i went through like i have more of an open mindset now mm -hmm. where it's like even now like if somebody's like yo i never smoked like you're not smoking with me you know what i mean because mm -hmm. like i that's just not i don't know where you're at or what what your choice is or your decision to do and not to say that like i'm your parent like yo you can't do this no, of course mm -hmm. not yeah but you know like like i said i know where i was when i did it and like the first time i did it was just like yo i was just trying it, it was the greatest thing and like you're just chasing that feeling, you know what I mean? And, and also, Sean, like to your to your earlier point about there just not being a lot of, um, or I think you said it was like kind of underneath the surface, like a lot of people aren't talking about yeah. this stigma because no one wants to believe that weed is, mm -hmm. could or could be something that you could be addicted to or yeah. could not be medicinal. Mm -hmm. And um, the truth of the matter is there isn't a huge um, repertoire of policies and papers and white papers that are written on um, marijuana linkages to a lot of things yeah. as there are with um, uh, oxycodone, oxycontin, um, alcohol, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's papers up to wazoo for I don't know how many decades of alcohol yeah. and its um, relation to this or that or whatever. And um, I don't know if, if any of you have, have recently been seeing like 
the alt conversations, the Joe Rogans, the Ruben reports, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but someone just wrote, this guy named Alex Berenson, he just wrote a pretty telling, jaw-dropping, mouth agape for the entire time I read this book on um, marijuana's complete linkage to psychosis and mental illness mm -hmm. continuation. And um, there was a lot of different points in there, right? Like, I don't know the stat, like I'm not remembering stats and stuff. But one, we definitely have not been talking about that. <laughs> and two, like, actually, if you do try to find some of this information, you would find that the Brits have found this linkage for like 200 years when they colonized India though. Mm -hmm. the Indians were in and out of asylums there due to both opium, but also to marijuana. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting, but you wouldn't find it. Italians have had papers written, but you they're not here. So I always wonder like, where are these papers? Who's putting them out? Who's publishing them? Who's well, got the money behind them? Literally them every well, also true, so yeah. it's like, yeah. what do I believe about anything right. actually? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But some of the numbers were fascinating. I mean, there's always opinion and it's like interesting listening to everyone's yeah. story about, you know, um, their experiences with, um, you know, various uh, different uh, drugs. And it made me go back to like think about you know my first time ever being on anything. Mm -hmm. And so um, before I even started kindergarten, I was uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And so um, I was pumped full of drugs, mm -hmm. and um, I became um, steroid dependent. So every time they tried to wean me off of medication, and like I went to a children's hospital, like I saw the best doctors. Um, I would go to John Hopkins and they were mm -hmm. like, okay, you need to try this, you need to try that. Mm -hmm. And every time they would try to wean me off the medication, um, they couldn't, I would have a relapse so every single time. So um, I was on steroids from the time I was um, four years old until I was 24. So imagine like, that steroids are terrible. Like mm -hmm. they're okay for short usages, but not, not for 20 years, so it stunted my growth. Wow. Um, it caused like issues with um, just like growth and development. Luckily, you know, I didn't have anything uh, wrong with, you know, my brain or anything, mm. but when you're on drugs like that for a very long time, it can um, just mess a lot of things up. So I've had a lot of broken bones because okay. it takes, you know, calcium out. Mm -hmm. um, and so my experience with um, the healthcare system, I've always, you know, I've been fortunate to have health insurance and be able to see the best doctors. But sometimes all of the information they have, they're still, you know, learning and experimenting. Right, um, right. I've always gone to teaching hospitals. My mom made sure that was like very important to get, you know, a second opinion. Oh. But things like that for me um, was hard and like, I mean, to the point where I was, you know, a make-a-wish child because they didn't think I was gonna make it out of my adolescence. So, um, I've literally tried everything. Like, if you told me to spin around in my head like three times and, you know, <laughs> right. drink water that's been, you know, out in the moonlight, I would have tried it to, <laughs> to get better. Yeah. And so, um, I had to, you know, find um, alternative things that were best for me. And so one of the things that um, I tried, and this is like later on, like I was in my 20s when um, I tried cannabis for the first time. And, you know, I also have asthma, so like smoking wasn't for me. And so I was just like researching, like how can, you know, I get the benefits of 
cannabis to help me um, with my autoimmune disorder without, you know, smoking. So um, the medium for me, I've always had a passion for for cooking. Mm. And so um, I tried it that way and just like researching dosages. So I remember like getting on my computer and, you know, being in like a browser that, you know, wouldn't track anything because I didn't <laughs> want anyone to know that I was like incognito mode. Yeah, right. Yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> and like in my own personal computer, but just making sure like I don't want the feds to like show up. So um trying it for me has been like really helpful. And, um, you know, just obviously like lifestyle changes. And even though, you know, I go to the doctor and they always ask like, do you ever, do you smoke? And I'm always like, no, I've never like done anything. I would never do anything like that because it's still like a stigma yeah. of, you know, being one uh, person of color and, you know, using something that is deemed, you know, illegal in some states. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's been um, very helpful because there is no cure and there's, you know, it's all about where the research dollars are. If there's no right. research for that, right. it doesn't matter. No one's going to look for new drugs. So Correct. they're still like, you know, I'm 26 years later still prescribing the same drug. There's nothing that they can do. And so yeah. like to the point where I'm like, okay, maybe I should like, you know, go to Canada or go to other places or go to Europe because there are more trials there. Um, and so I know everyone's experience is different and I try to make sure that, you know, the term that's like pretty cool now is like microdosing and so yeah. not taking like too much because, you know, you can, you know, get stoned and then not be um, able to be at your best self. So making sure that like, this is enough to, you know, help with the pain and this is enough for me to, you know, get in my day. Do I take it every day? No, but if I'm having a really tough time with pain management, then that is when um, I, I use it. And so, um, it's interesting to see like the policies change and see more people be open about it. But can I have this conversation with like my immediate family? No, they're very conservative and oh. mm -hmm. they, um, you know, think all of this is, you know, terrible and you all know, of this legalization of marijuana. At yeah, all, it's in, uh -huh. because they um, my mom, she was raised in Europe um, and her, the one, like I was thinking like, when did I like learn about like drugs, but her one drug story that she told me, she was um, living in Germany at the time and her and her friends were um, taking the tram to France for the weekend and someone took something. Like I never knew what it was, but they oh. had to like hold her down on the train because she was scratched, like her arms up and her face and everything. Nice. And- um, She took something else. Yeah, yeah she took right? something else and um, the person that she was like dating during the time that she lived over there, um, kind of like your story was like using uh, marijuana like all all the time, and like she felt like he didn't reach his potential because that was like his crutch. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I think about you know like alcoholism, which is the thing that is more prevalent that I've seen, you know, more alcoholics than maybe someone who's addicted to um, pharmaceutical drugs. Um, I feel like it has a lot to do with what's going on as far as like your socioeconomic um, times, like thinking about like, you know, during segregation, like you had a lot of people who were 
suppressing their feelings by using, you know, alcohol because mm-hmm. that was like the thing that was prevalent or, you know, if it wasn't with bootlegging alcohol and right. getting, you know, stuff that ha- wasn't regulated and drinking moonshine and mm-hmm. corn liquor and things like that <sighs> to help them, you <laughs> yes. know, get over that hump of those right. feelings. And so I think that a lot of it just ties in together with not getting the adequate treatment or being open with talking with your feelings when mm-hmm. you know as a person of color like I mean, I've, I've been in therapy since i was a child but that's not the story for, for a lot of people or a lot sure. of my friends or you know colleagues because it's seen as like taboo or we don't mm-hmm. do that or you don't yeah. talk about your yeah. business outside of right. you know the family structure what happens in your house stays there mm-hmm. um and i understand why because of you know various people being, you know, taken away from their families and experimentation without their consent. Um, if you look at um, the Henry, Henry, uh, excuse me, Henrietta Lacks story oh. and like John Hawkins and the things that they did and there was you no know, rumors of people being snatched off the street and, you know, things like that. So I understand why they wanted to keep that like nucleus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all relates back to just, I think, not having the right, you know, access to like, Healthcare treatment. or treatment, yeah. Um, well, we—I mean, I think we live in really interesting times about the marijuana thing because alcohol is something that we all were all used to it, and mm-hmm. um, alcohol and marijuana are similar. And I actually think marijuana is more, uh, if you could say, worse on this maybe than alcohol because what I found uh, is, and a lot of my friends' art school is kind of the college experience mm-hmm. that I come from it's very like mm-hmm. it's a very culture. it's a different mm-hmm. socioeconomic <laughs> culture for sure mm-hmm. but it's a very similar kind of like we do this in order to feel better and to work and blah 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 but um the thing about pot is that it goes with everything you right. want to go to the movies you yep. smoke pot you want to like mm-hmm. go to the beach you go smoke pot and like it's like a perfect it's a perfect connector to but basically anything and the way that alcohol is sold to us is as that because the alcohol doesn't just sit there in the advertisement it is being used yes, by people as a, as a me- medium right. of social exchange right. and so this is where um, like Okay, so we definitely have an issue with drugs being illegal or legal about how um, along race and class lines the um, enforcement is totally biased, Yep, um, for sure. But the thing is, and of course we would want to get rid of that, and that would be one reason why we would not legalize drugs. However, the thing is we don't just legalize drugs and then everything stays the same. Mm-hmm. As soon as we legalize drugs, they get incorporated into the capitalist system, which, Correct. for which there is no such thing as too much. Mm-hmm. And so I have mm-hmm. been, my dad lives in Colorado, I've been to some weed stores there, and it's very like intense experience. And I heard on a podcast, a company in California recently legalized fully state that they almost want to become like that they obviously have a big corporate startup kind of thing they obviously want to be like the starbucks of dispensaries and on this advertisement they were like they were like we want to dissolve the stigma uh, around cannabis use and they're like do you need some energy for your run try this special gummy do you need like something to relax try this do you need something and so it just I mean, this is the the fabric of our of our of our consumer life is that things like maybe are not okay. Mm-hmm. Things that you're talking about in terms of the way that people can't deal with their life for any number of reasons, race, 
class, or even if you're very privileged, just depression of mm -hmm. like, this world kind of sucks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And maybe all worlds suck sometimes, but um, we live in a system where any problem that you feel, something is handed to you. How about you? Correct. Yeah. Would you like this? Very reactionary. And so this is where, I mean, um, things get really, I, for me, very weird because there's a justice element to legalization, but there is also, and, and if, if everybody could, if everybody was well, it wouldn't be a big Correct. deal. But yeah. we don't live in a well thing. And you know what is um, very interesting that you um, uh, brought up and I also heard you talk about, about um, people who ended up this way and um, especially at these kind of lower sure. levels of like, um, were you talking about pe homeless people and stuff? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were also talking about these kind of vagabonds. Yeah, vagabonds. But you were maybe talking about, uh, um, let's say, I mean, there are almost two kinds of drug addicts, right? right. Especially now, there's the people who fell off the middle class suburban ladder right. because mm -hmm. of like the prescription or whatever. And then there's like the people who are already low on the economic ladder yeah. and they're thrown in the same pool. Right. Maybe that's why we're starting to get upset about it. Sure. <laughs> but the thing is that um, one thing that's really, uh, as I know, uh, I, I have been close to someone um, uh, who had very serious um, drug addiction in their family too young and oh. to see the parent side of that was absolutely heartbreaking and so um, and they would never say if this is what they want to do why don't Let they just them. do mm -hmm. it because mm -hmm. I mean it's it to watch them they just I mean were dying inside and they couldn't mm -hmm. do anything their kid had gone off and basically some similar story sure. to you. And what's very um, interesting is that um, if we're talking about the state spending millions of dollars or thousands of dollars per person per treatment for somebody who has nothing, what is unfortunate is that maybe not too, you know, not too many steps up the ladder to middle class that economic respons responsibility is all the families mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um you know also that's wrong. that's really um you know it's a it's a strange thing and i think one thing that um maybe progressive people on this idea that they run into a problem of sympathy that sympathy is actually distributed in an unequal way in the kind of liberal consensus as well that the lowest get the most but people mm -hmm. just a little bit above that they kind of are sunk mm -hmm. and um, I just thought I would uh, you know bring that up in terms of the way that we we treat um, treat um, these very lowest cases of, of addiction mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can agree with that though because like even me speaking as a person like this takes something completely just like out of the left field like Kanye West not, a, not his left field, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, he's like, you mentioned know, his mental health. Yeah, mental health mm -hmm. and being addicted to things. And like, I was, I always remember like the first time he said it was like, bro, I don't care. Like, you uh -huh. have the, you have the money to get the help. Mm -hmm. True. You know what I mean? Like, you right. have the, the means and the resources to go get that. Where like, there's yep. people who are going through the same yep. thing and, and don't have it whatsoever. Yeah, like whatsoever, mm. you know. And like, I, I completely agree with that. And like. I guess looking on the outside now in like it's completely true you know like mm -hmm. the, the higher up you are the more like I don't care just because if you have the means to get the help or if you have the money to get the help if you have the resources to get the help like at a certain point it lies on you to go and do that you know and I could be completely wrong for feeling that way you know but I'm also at the bottom looking up you know and 
Um, there is a part of me that holds disdain for like wealthy people with addiction problems. Yeah. There is yeah. a part of me and it's like, <clears throat> Right or wrong, I don't know what it is. Is it because like, is it because they have everything going for them and they it's wrapped like, it? Part of it's like, like you have no reason to be sad, and I know that's totally an mm-hmm. outside looking at like yeah. totally like biased, un, baseless approach, right? Mm-hmm. Like clearly, everybody has issues. Everybody has things they deal with. Um, but yeah, there's that part of me that's just kind of like you have all the resources, you have everything going for you to fix this, you have every capability to just step out of this hole, mm-hmm. and you're like still in the hole. And mm-hmm. it, it's upsetting to watch from the outside. Yeah, I guess I, I think about our society as this, from from an external viewpoint, right? Like if we're in any other culture, America is gilded, and um, everybody it, it, makes so much money, and everyone's a millionaire, and um, <laughs> we should be the happiest, you know, Western country out here, but we're the most oppressed, we're the so most over, <laughs> over-prescribed, we actually, smoke the most weed and we take the most drugs actually though there are statistics mm. to back that so like that's really interesting and, it, and what really irritates me I guess my heart rate is going up now because I'm really thinking about it and I'm like I absolutely abhor the fact that our society is so reactionary as opposed to preventative and mm-hmm. I'm sure as a nurse well I'm not gonna put that on you but I feel like you feel the same way <laughs> you feel the same way <laughs> but you know you go around the world and you take, which, uh, my favorite, drugs like peyote or San Pedro or ayahuasca or even ibogaine in Africa, right? And like, these are drugs that in some instances, especially peyote, are taken by babies, continued and, uh, you know, moderated by their parents, but to ensure the connection to the divine constantly. They're never separated from that. That's that's the maintenance that is necessary so that you don't fall off the edge, right? And then, I mean, it's, it's not a shocking um, new revelation that Native Americans are, are predisposed to alcoholism. And like, that's a very, you know, white America world thing that like we brought on to them. I mean, Native Americans and indigenous cultures around the world have ancestral trauma. Like they, you know, myself, if I was Native American, would feel the same trauma that those in the Trail of Tears felt, you know, at the start. So that I can't sit here and say, and Politicians certainly can't sit here and say, but they do because you don't get there without being corrupt and have mm-hmm. generally no morals. Yeah. But you can't sit here and say that that's invalid, right? Like I could never say that, that you're not Jewish and whether that is true or not, right? I could never say that because your story is true mm-hmm. to you, so it's true to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, that aspect is a major met- uh, matrix glitch in our society, mm-hmm. in the... Um, reactionary portion and thereby not catching when there's mental health issue at fault, right? Because I mean, that can speak to so many other things. Mm. Little kids that are showing signs of hating all humans and then they shoot up a school. Hey, I'm just saying like, why aren't we noticing that instead Mm -hmm. of just prescribing them an Adderall the whole time? Yeah, but that's that's how like our society and like literally not to go down this rabbit hole, but being a nutritionist, I work at a nutrition school, ah. so this is my like- Good call. Yeah. This, the people don't know what everybody be, does. Yeah. <laughs> this can be a rabbit hole, but when you're talking about this whole, like the need for a prevention-based approach versus yeah. like a Band-Aid treatment-based approach, like mm-hmm. as someone that works in nutrition and like the fact that our healthcare system, like again, <laughs> this is not directly at so you, but it's just so you, easy it's for us to say like, here's this drug for this, or here's this drug for that, versus yeah. being like, well, hold up. Like the way that we're eating, the way that we market food, the way that we advertise, yeah. like why we don't we look at these things first? Yeah. Talk to each other or don't? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well that's exactly it, and I think the way that- The way food's grown in this country. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. everything. That's a whole other- But it's almost like, we can't 
get like how are we gonna even tackle any of those issues Without. when like right when we're like we're we're over here like we're Correct. attacking everything with like a prescription and a drug yes. and I think that's the and same thing with drugs yeah. though like drugs yeah. like meaning yeah. Yeah. what we're talking about like there's there are so many causes that are or so many things before that that like we have to address sort of early yeah. Yeah. yeah well Vicky you said. Um, uh, just a moment ago that we live in a gilded age and gilded means you put something on top of something to make it look better, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought it was very interesting because um, I think that when people self-medicate mm -hmm. or even if they're um, prescribed medication for a mental health issue, it's um, uh, something to put on Correct. to make yourself mm -hmm. look that better. And um, one thing that's maybe unfortunate about our politics in America is that um, we have an expectation of people that they will just handle their shit. One thing that's really sad is that we expect people who have been more hurt to be able to handle their shit better. Mm -hmm. Pick yourself up. Right. And of course, right. everyone, I mean, honestly, you need to pick yourself up. It's yeah. just, you know, people are at different levels of, of being able up. to do that. <laughs> and um, uh, it's almost like there's a choice between picking yourself up this goes to what mm -hmm. you're saying what i'm kind of experiencing um the past few years is like you can either pick yourself up or you can stay where you are or get worse yeah. and drugs can be a um turning point there yeah. you could say i could yeah. do this or i could do that now ideally and i'm speaking for myself i would be able to have the drug and it almost was just like didn't matter mm -hmm. but i think everyone has a problem now some people have very intense problems and it shows an historical problem and it shows in like alcoholism mm -hmm. in populations um who've been traumatized for sure. centuries um but i mean what it would take to have a kind of a mental health preparative Overhaul. mindset in America, yeah. it would be out of control and it would very much, it would upset. It would certainly upset the um, the system the under which we all yeah. are Every given system. different yeah. levels of power because, yeah. you know, yeah, you just yeah. said like, yeah. why don't you just yeah. right. fix yourself? Well, exactly. You're rich enough, why don't you yeah. just fix yourself? And so if we really want everyone to be able to fix themselves, I mean, this is something that's going to go to the very deepest level of our economy and it, there's a certain way I mean we're a society made out of people individual people with individual psyches that whatever policy we have needs to be like a transformative emotional revolution which is a friend of mine's um, saying so I can't take credit for that beautiful thing to say and it also illustrated the gravity of the problem which you guys are all talking about mm -hmm. that um, illegalization legalization prohibition managing self-medicating being medicated I mean these are all like this kind of fracture it's like the glass is broken and once mm -hmm. you're gonna put the thing back together and it's just weird that mood altering substances are like the I mean it's what we're talking about but it's also like Everyone is affected by these in some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nobody's walking around. It's like you could walk around, and probably like six out of ten people are not straight. Mm -hmm. I mean, in some mental yeah. way, they yeah. might be on this, they might be hungover, or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially in the city, I, Wall Street. I remember, yeah, yeah definitely Wall Street. Um, <laughs> I remember um, I switched like um, 
an internist. So I'm like very mm -hmm. like I'm very um, strict on my like usage of doctors because of my medical history. A lot of them just want to like throw drugs and like sure. at the problem. Oh, you need to be on this. You need to be on that. You need to be on this. And like, um, I don't treat myself like that anymore. Like, I make sure like I exercise. Like, I'm vegan. I mm. you know do more like Eastern medicine now, where you know I see a holistic doctor. Mm -hmm. I do acupuncture because I've seen that yes. those things help me more than what was I was prescribed. And so. Um, as I was like looking for a new doctor, like I like look at the reviews, I like see like what their interests are, what they're studying, and so like my new intern intern is I just like you go for like a yearly checkup. Um, he was just like you know, so what's the like how's your stress level in your life? And was just like asking questions that really I had not seen other doctors ask, and he was just saying like you know you need to find like healthier coping methods. Um, he was like just so you know like I won't prescribe you like any like Adderall and like other things because like I feel like that's like a crutch unless you really need mm -hmm. it like you have to go see a um, like psychiatrist like I don't I'm, he's an internist so he was just like I'm not here if you're not here for that if you're here for that then like you know that's like not I'm gonna help you so I thought that was like really helpful instead of like you know just writing a prescription and just right. writing me off like making sure that I was like actually okay because right. I don't think that that's not every doctor's philosophy. They have a lot of patients they have to see. There's, you know, a quota they have to, yep. you know, hit mm -hmm. each day. Yeah. And so, and paid um, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so with the, um, with that, um, I was, you know, talking to a family friend who works in pharmaceuticals and he was, you know, talking about how, you know, oh, you know, they're trying to give people different drugs instead of the, um, like Oxycontin and things like that, but we have this like new drug that helps people. They know for a fact that that medication causes like constipation. So they're marketing this new medicine to help people with mm -hmm. constipation who are like having surgeries. And so he's like making like a shit ton of money um, because of that. And it's just like they're gonna blanket it with another drug that you don't know yeah. what the effects will be right. or if it's, you right. know, how they push things through, you know, FDA testing or things like that and so I think Joke. like they have to really address the issue maybe it's not that but if not then there's gonna be a new drug or there's gonna be you know synthetic marijuana or synthetic yeah. like CBD you see yep. like um, the alcohol industry is buying like swaths of land I don't know if you guys know this but I'm from the Midwest um, buying swaths of land in like Kansas and uh, Nebraska and Texas so they can farm you know, with Monsanto seeds because marijuana is like one of the last frontiers where they haven't been able to mm -hmm. take those seeds and genetically alter them. So there's a whole other like array of things that will open up and change because it's going to be a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. You can see how Colorado's like improved their parks and their schools and they have surplus of money. California's doing the same thing and East Coast you have Massachusetts and um, New Jersey and other states are opening up and so it's the shift of like legalization is simply so that more Fortune 500 companies can make even more money mm -hmm. and so we have to you know like you said talk about you know the issue with people who um, are incarcerated like before these companies can make all this money, like there are literally people who are on chain gangs in yep. Louisiana mm -hmm. yep. for a dime bag of weed, mm -hmm. but like you can go in California and buy an ounce of weed mm -hmm. and in the same country 
and be able to like live your life and smoke on the beach or market it on Instagram with people <laughs> right. who don't look like me and have, yeah. you know, reviews. But if I try to do the same thing, guess who's gonna come knocking at my door if I'm in another state or even in Colorado, people of color are still being arrested for a drug that's legal mm-hmm. than someone who does not, you know, look like me. So, I mean, there's all these things that are multifaceted that have to be addressed before the legalization actually takes place. Like, I don't think it's fair to decriminalize everything unless you let out everyone that's in jail right. first. If it's and retroactive. Then it's yeah. retroactive and then erase their records because when they get out, you know that it's gonna be a hard time yeah, for them true. to mm-hmm. be able to, right, yeah. to find a job. So there's all these, you know, entry points that we have to like figure out like what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's even two with like, I think it was on Vice they were talking about like it was a black couple who's, you know, who are in the cannabis uh, cannabis industry, but they're like, there's not a lot of us. Yeah. And they're like, like a lot of us are mm-hmm. being blocked. They're like blackballed mm-hmm. from even getting into mm-hmm. the industry to make that money, you know, and, but we're the ones that are locked up the most for it. Yeah, you know? of course. Like, well, if you, well, you know it takes time for, for policy to reach everybody. And yeah. for, for, by everybody, I mean law enforcement and so mm-hmm. on to actually enforce yeah. the way it's written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Emancipation Proclamation and happened then. and then in the South it, it didn't. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. didn't get released until June. Like think about like right. for six more, more months you were still a slave. Yeah. Like it took right. that longer. They just were not relaying. And then they made them chain gang. Like yeah. part of the chain yeah. gang anyway. So yeah. really. Yeah. So then you were indentured servants. Or and that's people who didn't even know Yeah, that sharecropping. For like decades. Yeah. You know? so, like that's a very that's very ingrained in our society yeah. like that way. And then also a really excellent point i didn't realize that it was monsanto and so on i'm not surprised but yeah i didn't think about it because right like the thing about weed right now that's interesting is in the day by the day i mean you know like 90s and before that all the way thc was was a a reasonable amount within what you were smoking or Mm -hmm. what however you were taking your weed and edibles or whatever now, because of the way that it's being farmed, oh, yeah. Yeah. you're taking THC that's 20, 25% more. Yeah. And that's the report that came out that's linking it to psychosis yeah. because that level is, that's not what we're talking about. It's the same thing right? as like Micro- food and Yeah, and, yeah and the needs to have bigger and more right. and like more. mass produced. And like you're gonna be that. more unhealthy and so you're gonna need to be still on pharmaceutical meds right. and you're still gonna be on my dole and yeah. welcome to America. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh. My um, well, she's retired now, so we can throw her under the bus. My mother, <laughs> I'm dead. Um, I mean, seventies like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, lit. She was child. Lit. Yeah, like yeah. just the epitome of like the opposite of me. Like is like weed makes her like a better person. Yeah. She taught for thirty five years and would like smoke and write lesson plans and yeah, she was lit. She that was, was people that like yeah, passed the like, SAT she's and like, fly colors. Right, yeah. That's why I asked about that line because I'm like I feel like for some people like it. Yeah, it yeah. does. It yeah. does what maybe it should. When mm-hmm. the TC, when the TC but that's what she'll that. say. She goes back when like this was like my everyday life. There was no question of like what kind is this yeah. or what does this one do. You there just like got right. right. yeah. me. But there, there yeah, was me. That was it. Depends yeah. on the strand. Like oh, there's certain girl. things that like you can take for pain management. I'm going to go with something that is an indica based. Um, strand because or hybrid that's heavier on the indica side because it helps with pain management if i am going to knock out uh, a 90 minute hot yoga class then i'm going to do something that's a hybrid sativa base because it's a different effect i'm able to concentrate more i feel like i can focus mm. if i'm you know training for a um, 
just ran in a half marathon and used something that was more CBD heavy, Mm. but to help with the pain, like running all those miles each week, I'm running an average of like 50 miles a week. It's painful. Like, so it depends on that, like blanketing, I think, there's a lot of shitty weed out here. Listen, there's mm-hmm. a lot of weed out here. In New like, Jersey. Yeah. So, like, we weren't getting the best yeah. weed. Shitty like, weed in nice packaging. So, yep. I think, you know, everyone, and you, we talked about pop culture and hip-hop culture um, with, uh, you know, when I was in, like, one of the reasons why I, like, didn't try, you know, cannabis very early was um, people were smoking, like, they were opening up... Uh, cigars and rolling oh, it up yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm like yeah, all yeah. that is like treated in chemicals. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like that's treated in chemicals and i just felt like that wasn't the way like mm-hmm. um even you know that's like not my medium that i like choose to use it but i just know that if you see those packages i know it's like treated with all types of chemicals to probably cause you to have an addiction yeah. that they're spraying it with god knows what mm-hmm. but i don't know it's just like with so many things that are going on with uh, with different strains and things like that. I think like it's just blanketed like, oh, you know, weed makes you lazy or you can't do this because it's the wrong strain. Your body reacts to everything. It's just yeah. like a dosage of medicine, like a five milligram of something may not will be OK for you because of your body chemistry. But maybe someone else who has, you know, uh, a bigger body frame may need like mm-hmm. 80 milligrams of the same drug for it to do the same effect and so if you're you know smaller from you're taking that 80 milligrams of course you're it's gonna be like laid out you right. can't yeah. do yeah. 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 hot mess story right. yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be laid out and not doing something and right. it's not the strand for you yeah. like yeah. and so like you said they were marketing like this is gummy for this is gummy because they have different effects it's not just one plant they're plants with several like i mean there's hundreds of them Mm -hmm. with whether high in cbd or lower in thc or vice versa Mm -hmm. you know the cannabinoids on one may be better than one on on the other and so it's just like because it's so new we have access it's trial and error but if you look in europe like in amsterdam all of that is legal Mm -hmm. they have a low drug use it's not the same like it is here because they've had it for eons at this point but the one thing that people want to do there that they can't do is cocaine and Mm -hmm. so that's the drug that everyone wants to do because it's the one thing that's seen as like limited or exclusive or illegal but no one's like you can go to a coffee shop and get a hash brownie or whatever and it's basically like going to starbucks and grabbing a coffee like no one gives a shit but here like that's considered like you know Oh, you have like the Willy Wonka like golden ticket. So it just like we have to figure out a way where it's manageable, but not like exclusive. Like it needs to be if it's going to be open, open for everyone, but just in moderation. I think that's something that's hard for us because in you know Texas, everything's bigger is better. We have to do it differently. It's like you said too with that like the first time. Well, not even the first, but the only time I ever tried coke. Sorry, mom. (laughs) <laughs> Mom, um, no. Yeah, so sorry, we all have it. It's fine. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> my friend that had, like, it was her birthday party or whatever, and she's from Germany. And, like, I, at this point, I already know, like, this is something that she did. She didn't do it a lot, but, like, it would be here and there. And, like, the one time I tried it, the first thing she told me is, like, where she's from, it's not looked at as, like, oh, this is, like, 
a drug. Like they, they look at it almost like it's almost like a medicine kind of thing. Like we use it for a certain reason. And I remember I did it that one time. Like I was super drunk, did it, and like I felt immediately better. But it was like it wasn't like oh I'm about to go back and do this. It wasn't that. Or like oh I'm gonna need to do this. Like you know two days from now. It was like I remember in my head being like. She gave me this because I was clearly like drunk out of my mind and like I was not going anywhere good. And her giving that to me like helped me balance it out. And ever since then, like I never did it again because it was just like, yo, I don't need it. Like I'm not, I'm not hammered. I'm not feeling sick from drinking or anything. There's no reason why I need it. Like I completely understood why I had it or why she gave or why not why she gave it to why she offered to me and why I took it. Um, but I think it was just like that little thing of just that that little conversation that was had. Not like, yo, you want to try this? You want to try some coke? You know, and like, you know, like it was like, yeah, I'm giving this to you because clearly, like, you're you're beyond mm-hmm. what you need to be, and we need to make sure that you're okay. So this is going to level you out some. Um, but I don't think that's the conversation that happens with weed. I don't think anybody ever told their friend or anybody like, yo, you're panicking, like. But is I'm gonna that give you this, you know? is her like perception from like not being raised here and not having the like extremist like mentality yeah. that we have about like drug use, like and her being able to like recreationally do something or just to have you do a little bit and be like it's fine. And I think I think that's what it was because like this is the same person who like now she has like a booming clientele. She makes edibles, mm-hmm. you know. But like mm-hmm. I remember when she first started, it was like oh yeah, you know I have these people who want to buy it, and then like now she doesn't call them people or customers. She calls them like you know clients or patients mm-hmm. because she'll yeah. do like gluten free things. She'll do people yeah. you know That's things for cool. you know people with allergens and all that, and like she makes sure she doses everything out the right way, and she does her like her research and That's studies. That's what I would mm-hmm. want if we're going to be going down the legalization route, yeah. like piecemeal, because yeah. I want to be t- you know assisted with. I want to sit down and mm-hmm. have someone be like, okay, you weigh this much, you eat this typically you're this tall you've had this sort of constitution yeah. for this many mm-hmm. years like you would be good with this right like mm-hmm. if i'm gonna be medicated under some sort of way i would want someone to then like doctor me up exactly right? i don't want to just walk into a store and pick one yeah. arbitrarily because i have now a menu yeah. you know what i mean and like i'm even thinking about mary pat remember when we went to um uh argentina when we saw that holistic doctor yes so this guy, I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> but he speaks only Spanish. So we got through this together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Were you were with like, we were like, like, hola, like I don't know. And he, we kind of walked through it, but um, so we were in Cordoba in Argentina, hella hot. Okay, and I had been in the summer now for like a year and a half. And I, my body doesn't do summer. I just, mm. I cannot, I can't breathe. My humidity. lungs feel like they're going to explode every day. The humidity, no, my skin, my everything. So he um, takes my pulse. That's right. And, <laughs> and he checks my tongue, the whole thing. That's why you're here. And he basically tells me, which we figured out, because I like my Google Translate, Translate and I had the miming. And he was like, oh, is this day two of your menstruation? And I was like, huh. <laughs> and he was like, you're a wizard. And you, you're a wizard. <laughs> How'd you know? And he, he goes, you're bleeding on your tear. He's like, great, hey, thanks. Thanks, jerk. He turns around and he's like, have you been in summer for a year? And I was like, mm-hmm. And he said, uh-uh, you got to get out of here. <laughs> you need fall or spring only. Like, that's where you need to be living. Yeah. You need yeah. to be putting your feet in the grass and in the dirt. You need to get dirty. Like, your body is too clean, and you're sweating everything out, and you need to be in a place where you can. And so that, like, and then he did acupuncture and like, the whole thing. Love it. But that sort of doctoring. Number, like, duh, we text. Yeah. It's Spanish. It's so oh hilarious. But nonetheless, like. <laughs> 
I joke around and tell people like I'll fly to Mexico City round trip get a spot see all my doctors and then come back and it's still less than healthcare in this country yeah. because I'm serious yeah. and also highly recommend because there are great doctors around the world um, you know uh, health medical tourism is real mm -hmm. yeah. you go to certain countries for dental you go to certain countries oh, for OBGYN yes. and Mexico City is excellent you know yeah. I don't get paid by them I'm just saying <laughs> I could and I just really F with um, basically other cultures figuring medicine out mm -hmm. as opposed to particularly figuring this one out. And I'm finding in these conversations and all these episodes, I'm very much um, an escapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, this isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna fix this problem, so I'm gonna go. Mm -hmm. And that's a very me thing that uh, I just realized that happened this moment. Do you, do <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Breakthrough. Right. Um, yeah. Profound. Do you think of that as a, as a kind of addiction? Oh, leaving? Yeah. Yes. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have, I never considered myself having an addictive personality in any other way. I have an obsessive personality. Mm -hmm. I get very obsessed with things. And I go 1,000% van life. Anderson Street. I mean, we can talk about anything here. We can just knock them out. And I'm like, one million percent tunnel vision. And then when I get there, I also can't chill. That's mm. kind of like um, uh, the kind the of cycle of getting high and coming <laughs> and down and getting mm -hmm. high and coming down. Mania is a and high. I felt that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think um, when I was when <laughs> I was smoking pot a lot, that I felt like I was always, because the high ones, especially if you do it a lot, that it only lasts so long. Right. Yes. And then yeah. you spend actually most of your time coming down. down. I think that's yeah. why people it's get depressed. I actually listened to someone who was writing a book about uh, addiction. and. She was describing the various drugs and what they do to your brain, and um, and um, she said that what marijuana does to the brain is that um, it 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 causes the brain cells to communicate with each other at a higher rate, like more. So it increases connectivity between brain cells, and so that's why everything is so interesting, and that's why you can get kind of like lost in the thoughts yeah. and notice things sense. and stuff like that. And then the way that drugs um, get adapted to by the body, that like um, if you become a chronic user of something uh, like marijuana, that it's like, um, it just becomes so that when you're not on it, things are less interesting. And mm -hmm. um, I ha had a, a pretty major uh, switch in um, the amount of pot that I smoke, and I'm still working with it. Um, and there is like a, a, a certain point where like it it didn't become like a, a like I knew when like you were saying when I would do it that it just it wasn't gonna actually do what I wanted it to. Yeah. I mean that's when drugs kind of break your heart. Where you're just like Because you wouldn't spend the money. Well you spent the money. Well you spent the or you did rock bottom yeah. okay but you know maybe like for something like marijuana you don't necessarily have to hit the rockest bottomest right but well the one thing about weed is that it seems so inconsequential right mm -hmm. um, and it's also marketed to people now as inconsequential Correct. it doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't Correct. have bad health effects it's not right. really addictive and it's like you know maybe we're not so sure about whether something is inconsequential. Probably something feels inconsequential, inconsequential. <laughs> you just haven't got to the consequences yet. Right. Yeah. But I think that, you know? that goes with everyone's body chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. everyone, 
like uh, responds to things differently. So like Vicky, you mentioned like the um, indigenous population being, you know, having an adverse effect to alcohol mm -hmm. versus like someone who doesn't have those same traits or uh, genetically, you know. Well, she was talking about historical trauma. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Predisposition. Right, right, right. I'm just saying like, it could be a little bit different like for each person, but like you can't, to me, I feel like the blanket statement of saying like, oh, this can be like, you know, cause a lot of issues. It just depends on how much a person is using or how their body responds. So like it's right. just like milligrams, like, like again, like someone's body frame or whatever may be able to handle a little bit more than someone who can't, who has a smaller frame. Mm -hmm. But also in a culture that overdoes it. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's easy, it's easy to blanket. It is, and I think it's also like, my fiance, he gave me permission to. Okay, good call. Good presence, also. This is my He had a drug problem for a lot of years and has mm -hmm. been sober for almost like seven years now, but opioids. he kind of like, yeah, no, this has been. I have opioids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he. Um, he, okay, so to this day though, he relies very heavily, and this may not be considered like a drug, but he has a vape like pen yeah. and then like a CBD well, pen that literally you would think it was like air and water, like his reliance. And I try to like be careful in terms of like, Thank him, like yeah. you're doing that a lot. Like, I don't know what the rules are. Like, is this too much? Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like what I see is that, and this is what I'm getting to, is that it's more of just like the action of like picking yeah. up the pen when like he's feeling some type of way and like taking a hit. And I've taken a hit of both of them and I feel like literally nothing. And like, okay. I mm. don't, yeah. I never like touch them because of that. But like for him, it does something. And I'm not it. saying it's yeah. because of like my body chemistry or my my mental state, but I feel like for him, it's just the action. And I think that's what it is for a lot of people too. It's like, I'm taking this thing that's helping me with whatever's going on in my head. And now like I feel better or I'm good until yeah. you need it again. And I think that's what it is for. Well, it's like when I went to therapy, you know, and I was like trying to cut back on smoking. He said like, the biggest thing is you have to create other habits, you know? Yeah. So like a lot of people will drop a habit and replace it with another habit mm -hmm. that they don't need to do. Mm -hmm. So like, even with that, you know, like I think of people like Dave Chappelle, he had, the, mm -hmm. he was on, uh, what was it? Uh, riding with comedians in cars with uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, with Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh my God, those are okay. so good. They're good, right? <laughs> so like he's sitting in the cafe with Dave Chappelle, and the whole time Dave Chappelle's just like yeah. bent over, like smoking on his like jewel, yeah. and yeah. he asks him on jewel. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, "Yo, what's the what's the end game with you?" And he's like, "You know, I have this mm -hmm. because like he's a heavy smoker, marijuana and uh, cigarettes, mm -hmm. but it's like." I think my thing, the biggest thing when I, even with smoking, like you talk about, you know, cooking and like edibles, my girls have suggested to me plenty of times, like, yo, why don't you try edibles? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, it's not the same. And like, I realized like it's, maybe it's not the weed, you know, like maybe it's, it's actually the action, this, yeah, right. like the, the action of smoking that I'm addicted to. And like taking a time out from reality. Yeah, yeah. And being like, yeah. Yeah, like, like what is it you do? Yeah, like yeah. I have a friend who won't smoke unless yep. you allow him to roll up. Like yep. unless, unless yep. he can be the person he that actually does the it. action, yeah. the yeah. preparation, his, his ritual. Yeah. The, the ritual. Also, yeah. too, with your body chemistry, it's a different form. So when it's like when you're smoking it, mm -hmm. it's you know processed through your lungs. You're going to get a Immediate. different right. you know experience. Mm -hmm. If you, you eat it, are eating oh, it, Lord. it's digestive through your, like, <laughs> your stomach, your liver. And yeah. you're gonna get a different yeah. type of experience. You like it has to, to go through. So, <laughs> like you, you go to sleep, or it's like too much, yeah. or whatever. And people like you, 
you always hear like you see memes, you see these stories like, oh, I thought you know it's just one bite or whatever. It was like so good and I ate the whole thing at one yeah. time. Like no, don't do that. Have you been there? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I thought, no, no. Like you have to literally treat it as. A medication like yeah. you can't just be like oh this tastes so delicious i'm gonna like kill this entire bag of popcorn no because so, i'm sorry sorry so on this note of like i'm so fascinated lately with like the idea of using them not just to fix a problem but yeah. maybe to like or, or not to like say fix a depression or fix like a specific thing but to bring something to the surface like yeah. have you guys heard of um hallucinogenics and like well ayahuasca does this yeah. and, like of course, yeah. course. you like tell like, me more oh my god yeah, I you know that I'm I go down this road like, like, this yeah. and this like yeah. y'all know my background do you like microdosing like but that? like okay so my background so just like brief like snippet into my life go for it I was super not into drugs for a very like I was adamantly anti-drug for a very long time like lots of shit with the family lots of stuff seeing friends get addicted to crazy shit coke what and you're weed, from whatever vegas um yeah i guess right i mean yeah. it's a thing all right kind of, it's kind of a thing yeah. at least for, for us east yeah. coasters were like <laughs> and i was just i just i, I was probably in my mid-20s close. before i tried anything outside of alcohol and I was very judicious with alcohol even. Like, right. I was so careful. Mm -hmm. Right. And every time, <laughs> every time I tried something or I was around drugs, it was just negative. Everything was mm -hmm. negative. It was someone abusing it or I had really terrible experiences the first few times I tried weed, hallucinations, terrible shit. Oh. Um, okay. Stuck in like a vortex of death, you know, you know the feeling. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. Um, and then I just reached a point not long after we met, I think, the first where time. Met. Met. That would met. be the first time. Yeah. Oh. Um, where okay. I, I, <laughs> Hello. I, I, was, I, I was reaching this point in my life where I decided to start diving more into drugs. And none of it had to do with fear or escapism or like this desire to fix something in me. It was actually that I had been so happy for so long. You can hate me right now. Um, <laughs> that I was like, I feel like there's some shit I'm not dealing with. Mm. And I actually wanted okay. to try hallucinogenics to open yeah, that yeah, up because yeah. I was like, okay, I'm really good, and like, I feel like there's got to be something there because like we all have our traumas, we all have yeah, our stuff, yeah. and there was yeah. a part of me that was like, there's shit I'm not dealing with, and so like, how do, do, do I do? rip that open? So, so, yeah. right. I know, right? <laughs> I, I wish there was like a more climactic end to the story, but um, you went to Burning I tried, Man. I tried acid at Burning Man, <laughs> oh. and and then I tried shrooms at Burning Man, yes. and in both experiences, oh. I was just. A happy person right yeah. and I was like this is great because my experience with weed was the polar opposite it was yeah. so traumatic it was, was so it because of so the terrifying. perception that you had about it though is that like maybe why who were you I, with I think a lot of it was that idea of going into it that like yes. I'm going into this with an open mind of mm. like bring it and yeah. not yeah. a mind also an intention of like, of like I want to know more yeah. Yeah. something yeah. Like, and like who were you with curious good friends right which I also and was when I did weed but like mm, did we smoked weed ate weed whatever um, what hmm. All the things. But maybe your body chemistry maybe responds better yeah. to I mean, that we, versus like yeah. cannabis. Like but as well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, 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 maybe yeah, I do blanket statement yeah. a lot. I just feel like hallucinogens for people in general, I don't care who you are, can be seriously helpful mm -hmm. if you're a person that wants to um, delve more deeply into. Mm -hmm purpose, 
네. Why you're here, what you're doing, um, what some patterns are in your life that you've started to recognize but couldn't quite figure out why they're there. Habits, why, do, why am I addicted? Why do I have an addictive personality? Why am I obsessive? Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? You know, you know, these are things that if we're not gonna have a more mental health uh, preventative culture, then we are gonna be, and I think that we should all be steered toward a more um, intentional use of drugs then. Yeah. And I do believe that that is hallucinogens, right? Because there are no reports of hallucinogens being able to uh, be so overused that you overdose or really bring want to bring you to the edge of a cliff and jump off and fly. Yeah, you know, you, you don't want to go and do those things on, you know, the acids, the LSDs. Mm-hmm. I would I, I, I totally agree with you and I've done plenty and I think they've been great but I also think that there's uh, that um, uh, especially in some of the maybe communities that I like to be involved with like the kind of alternative health community yeah. and the kind of like yeah. um, you know due to CrossFit kind of <laughs> thing that they, they start to idolize um, hallucinogen and I think I wonder if it's just another part of this magic bullet syndrome of just like this is going to be the thing because mm. I've also noticed well, I didn't know it was becoming trendy that's oh yes and Denver is considering um, uh, Denver is considering um, either decriminalizing or legalizing uh, magic mushrooms and I read a book Michael hmm. Pollan's book about um, <laughs> I read Michael Pollan's book about hallucinogen the way they use them for PTSD and, yes, uh, also yeah. acid I think that's great. Book. You know what, though, that when they do those studies, they do, and for people with terminal cancer, when they do those studies, they have to have, as part of their control, that they have to have never done it before ever. Yeah. And uh, the first time, I mean, is amazing, for yeah. sure. And other times, past that, other times can pass that can be, but you know, I. You always try to get to the first time. Yeah. Exactly, and that's the problem. And um, if you can, I, I, the way that I feel about hallucinogens, I'll maybe do and I, this similar way about ecstasy too, which is kind of like hallucinogen, but kind yes, of not. It's somewhere between like coke and right. hallucinogen. <laughs> somewhere. Um, but like that, they give you a feeling that after you do it enough times can become familiar. And it can be nice for sure, but it's, um, uh, it's not, uh, to me anyway, my opinion is similar, that it's not the thing. Um, it might, it might, show you to the thing. And I feel this way about weed too. Like, it's like, you know, yep. I like to make music and like just every once in a while, you know what, let me get high and make music. Let's see what this inspiration is like. But it, there, there, that is the temptation that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And that if it's hallucinogens, the same thing. And you know, I wonder if about this kind of idolizing of hallucinogens because they're used by indigenous cultures. Like, you know, there may be some kind of like, um, white projection going on there for sure and kind of orientalist-ish kind of Mm -hmm. things and then just you know my thing that i've said all along is just like the drugs are not the thing you know they're a tool is it a crutch or a tool right right. but but the thing is even this woman that i was listening to on the radio she talked about the difference between somebody who has an addiction and somebody who doesn't is that the person who's an addict uses a drug as a tool a tool to fix something Mm -hmm. so a crutch is also a tool right and so there's problems with tools you can hammer a nail you can bash somebody's face in i mean it really is and it's unfortunate but maybe that's the only way life is is that it's up to you to be able to walk that path and you know to recognize hey i'm going off the path let me get back on 
Unfortunately, people are less able to do that depending on their socioeconomic conditions. However, everybody, you know, you don't want to deny people of their response, their ability to be responsible, mm -hmm. and that you know, mm -hmm. ultimately, there's a way to. Uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but you know, you got to start somewhere, and a drug can affect anyone in any number of ways, and sometimes problematically, and like gotta get through it or not i mean there's the option you either get through it or you don't <laughs> and you could have a low level suffering like be a privileged tech bro who does who smokes pot three times a day he's still got problems right he's still yeah. something, you know? yeah, sure, sure. and you know for his own self if you take away his privilege you know like you you don't want to be you know, if you extend compassion you ought to extend it to everybody right. at a certain level so i don't i don't know the hallucinogen thing i've done them i like them i'll do them again but like I said, glasses, yep. not a way to go. Thank you guys. We're going to cut and or break. I'm not sure how you guys feel, but we have to recharge everything. Okay. Okay, cool. Yay. And that's a wrap. If you liked what you heard, please rate us. Also, ensure you've subscribed on YouTube so you can put some faces to some names and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Anderson Street TV. Until next time.